Welcome to Coffee with the Doc, a weekly podcast hosted by Dr. Glenn Schaefer, a practicing chiropractor with over 30 years experience helping people just like you with natural, holistic healthcare and lifestyle change. Dr. Schaefer is the creator of The Vibrant Lifestyle, a wellness program designed around six fundamental principles that when applied to your life will result in remarkable changes. Again, welcome to Coffee with the Doc, and here's Dr. Schaefer. Welcome to Coffee with the Doc. In recent years, you know, I've had a, a, quite a few patients and even some friends and family members who end up becoming caregivers for a loved one. My wife and I have experienced this firsthand when we took care of my wife's father who had Alzheimer's disease. We took care of him in our home for several years. Caregivers, especially for Alzheimer's and dementia patients, experience very high levels of stress. I see the emotional and physical results uh, that took a toll on our family, and I see that in my patients that are caregivers as well. At some point in your life, you're going to experience this firsthand or certainly see it in someone very close to you. So today we're going to talk about caregiver stress. What are some signs of that? What are some things that happen uh, that you might be experiencing, maybe even without realizing it? And what are some steps that can be taken to minimize this problem? Well, notice that I didn't say get rid of the problem because if you're a caregiver, there's going to be some stress. There's no way around it. But that's but that's kind of how it is on the broken road of life, so to speak. There's always seems to be some things that are not going quite as planned. Well, as I mentioned, uh, there's a pretty good chance that at some point uh, you'll be a caregiver for a loved one. This may occur for a short duration. Maybe it's uh, uh, days or weeks. Maybe a, a loved one, a mom or dad or, or a close relative has a, a hip or a knee replacement, something like that, where you need to go and, and help out for a few days or weeks or maybe even a, a month or so. Or there's more long-term types of problems that go into months and years. So in other words, there's that short-term illness or injury, or there's the chronic progressive conditions that tend to worsen with time, like dementia and Alzheimer's disease. The stress associated with these short-term condition is very manageable because we, we can see the end of the tunnel, so to speak. We know how long we're going to be doing this. We know it's going to pass relatively quickly. The stress associated with long-term conditions tends to build up as time goes on, primarily because the loved one's condition tends to worsen and they require a greater and greater amount of time and care as their condition worsens. So here's some realizations uh, for that latter category. Long-term chronic conditions, most of the time, those conditions worsen. They do not get better. Once I find uh, someone, maybe one of my patients that's a caregiver in this particular category, I ask them a few questions about really how are they managing all of that? Uh, who do they have that is helping them out? Uh, what are their long-term plans as the condition worsens? And also dig into what resources they might be uh, utilizing in the community. And I'll explain all that in just a moment. But here's the problem. Early on, caregivers uh, can manage, or at least they believe they can, but at some point, as the condition worsens, they become overwhelmed. And once they become overwhelmed, that's not the time then to try to figure out a plan of action, how to help things out. 
So what are some signs of caregiver stress or that caregiver stress might be creeping in a little bit? Well, that first one is denial. And that was that first question that I would typically ask, how are you doing? Well, you really got to dig into that because the the problem again is that they believe that at some point, oh, their, their loved one is going to get better but it is not. And that's what I try to get them to understand. That condition is only going to worsen as time goes on. So number two is getting angry or frustrated at that person with dementia or Alzheimer's disease, maybe because they're not able to do some of the things that they used to be able to do. Some examples of that are kind of where they may struggle with personal hygiene or getting dressed or maybe eating and and as a caregiver you just believe oh they're they're just being stubborn and that they really can do it that's one thing i learned early on we were caregiving uh, for my wife's uh, dad wilburn uh, there's no sense getting frustrated in the fact that he can't remember what he just did. He can't remember what he just ate. He can't remember that he just went over that particular story. There's no sense getting frustrated because the only one you're going to hurt is yourself. Uh, number three, when we start to withdraw socially from friends and activities that kind of used to make you feel pretty good. Uh, stress starts sitting, sinking in and setting in when we no longer care about going out and visiting our, our neighbors anymore. In a previous episode, I talked about our need for community. Well, this kind of falls into that category. And on a side note, if you have a family member, a friend or a neighbor that is a caregiver, uh, make yourself a note to uh, give them a call, maybe stop by with a meal. And certainly if you're bringing a meal, you know, stay and help prepare that meal and just visit with them more than anything they probably need you know someone else to talk to it's amazing uh, the amount of stress when you only have the person you're with and caring for to talk with uh, number four uh, these caregivers can start to have some anxiety about the future and and just how they're going to manage each and every day because there seems like there's so much to do when that starts happening you know that there is a need there they're starting to be overwhelmed or maybe it's you you're starting to be overwhelmed with stress associated with being a caregiver and that leads to number five which is depression just an inability to cope with everything that's going on and along that same line number six exhaustion because typically you don't sleep as well you've got so much going on every day they're tired all the time even at night when they do lay down they've got so much going on and that's number seven sleeplessness stress is creeping in when you do lay down and you still can't get to sleep when all of that's happening and we've spoken about this before leads to number eight they get very irritable moody um little things start to trigger them you know off so it, it that's a progression there if you notice boy i'm just so irritable i'm, I'm exhausted uh, i'm depressed all of those things are the stress of being a caregiver and of course that leads to number nine which is not ability to kind of concentrate and even kind of figure out you know what to do you, know, you start losing uh, appointment times missing appointments things like that but again, that's what I, what I try to dig in when I ask questions uh, of maybe a, a patient or a friend who's a caregiver along these uh, along these same lines. You know, when they finally realize they're overwhelmed, 
the stress is so heavy that they have difficulty even digging themselves out of that and coming up with a plan. So always instruct them, look, get all of your ducks in a row, have a plan for when this condition worsens, because it will worsen, but do it when you're still able to manage everything. Don't wait until you can't manage it, maybe in denial, just thinking, oh, they're 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 going to get better, or this is all the worse it's going to be, because it all leads to number 10, which is health problems for the caregiver. You know, they are just wiped out, and I see this often in my patients. I see the emotional and the physical toll that takes place on caregivers. Uh, Number 11, they have a a much greater risk of heart issues. Blood pressure, diabetes, cholesterol, heart problems creep in. A number of studies have been conducted on this. Uh, The stroke uh, percentage is about 24% higher for caregivers than than others. That's, uh, That's pretty amazing. Number 12, it compromises the immune system. We talked about this uh, and building up your immunity. Stress on the nervous system will lower your overall ability. That's your body's ability to fight off uh, disease and illness. So as a caregiver, your immune system, because of the stress, gets lowered as well. Some other health-related issues, uh, weight gain is very, very common in caregivers. Uh, They kind of eat unhealthy, but they're not thinking as much about themselves and taking care of themselves, are always focused on the loved one that they're caring for. And also subsequently, they injure themselves uh, lifting their loved one. My wife tore her rotator cuff uh, when her dad had stumbled and fallen, you know, didn't think about herself, just jumped in there to to grab him, um, even though she's much smaller than him. And she ended up injuring herself, her shoulder and her back as well. So it's a real problem when you're caregiving for someone most are usually a little bit older. You start having uh, back issues, neck issues, etc. Um, number 15, the caregivers uh, start trying to unload this stress in unhealthy ways. There's a lot of studies that have been done, uh, a much higher degree of kind of drinking, emotional eating that take place, um, unhealthy ways of coping with the stress associated with being a caregiver. So what are some things that Uh, can be done to maybe help manage all of this stress. And some of these are going to sound very familiar to some of these six principles in my vibrant lifestyle because they apply to just about anyone. They're the rules of health. So if you want to have optimal health, whether you're a caregiver or not, you've got to follow the rules of health. I mentioned uh, earlier that there's a lot of resources available. When I questioned uh, one of the caregivers that's in my office, I asked them, what, uh, what community resources have you made yourself available to? Because there's a lot of them out there. There's adult daycare programs. There's in-home assistance that basically you can have them come in for a few hours a week or maybe a few hours every day, whatever you want to occur. Uh, These uh, in-home health assistants are are available. There's meal delivery services that are out there. Online searches for this for your local area. Even the Alzheimer's Association has a lot of of different chapters in different communities. So it's real important to find out what's available to help you out. There's a lot of community resources that are available. Um, So again, find support in your area. 
Um, it's not very hard to go online and do that. But you got to take care of yourself physically, emotionally. So you got to find some time for yourself, some time to unwind and relax. So there are some stress relievers from anything from just exercising, uh, breathing properly, um, meditation and prayer is also very, very important when you're a caregiver. Something to, to kind of help you cope emotionally and spiritually with all this. And again, exercise is another one. Um, and finding time for yourself. Um, exercise is a good stress reliever, finding time for yourself. Maybe it's just to get away and exercise or go for a walk or go to the park, whatever the case may be. But you've got to kind of unwind a little bit. And you've got to have a little time to get away. Now, there's a lot of information available. Again, the Alzheimer's Association in uh, individual areas uh, has a lot of available information. They typically have support groups also, I've spoken at a number of these and where caregivers come in and they uh, kind of love on them. Uh, everyone there is, is struggling as a caregiver and the uh, support help from uh, our, in our area through one of the local hospitals. They have a support group for Alzheimer's and dementia caregivers and they have uh, a whole bunch of resources that they try to make available. But they also have uh, some caregivers there so you can bring your loved one. They will care for your loved one while you're in the support group which is kind of nice uh, and you can kind of just breathe a sigh of relief and and talk about the uh, issues that other caregivers are having get a opportunity to speak with them but you must take care of yourself as a caregiver eating properly exercise working on your rest all of the six principles in my vibrant lifestyle are very very important but let's say maybe you're still employed in some extent you're trying to care for a mother or father maybe they live in your community maybe they don't but make sure you uh, let your employer into the loop let them know what you're going through um, you'd be surprised what uh, em some employers will do to try to help you out, make your uh, schedule a little more flexible. I've heard of employers that uh, have allowed an employee to work from home. Maybe it's not forever, but they say, hey, for the next you know, six months, uh, you want to be able to work some days at home. So let your employer uh, into the loop. Let them know, you know what's going on. Uh, another tip is uh, having a, a problem-solving approach to being a caregiver. Uh, some interesting stats came out, and, and this is not to belittle one sex or the other, but men tend to be more problem-solvers. Women tend to be more emotional about situations. When it comes to being a caregiver, male caregivers tend to kind of make it more of a problem-solving approach. Okay, I, I need to get this done, this done, and they take some of their emotion out of it and just make sure they kind of focus on the tasks that are there. So women, you can apply this also. It's very, very hard. Uh, one tool that, that we found you know, for my father-in-law, uh, he always in the, in the back of his mind felt that going to the doctor was very important. So to get him to do just about anything, we could frame it in the context of, hey, Pops, we've got to go to the doctor, so could you, you know, get up and go ahead and go to the bathroom because we're going to leave soon, or we need to get to bed, you know, now because we have to get up and go to the doctor first thing in the morning. He'd always have a couple of questions about what doctor and what condition, you know, my wife said, well, you're lying to him, and I said, no, it's just a tool to get him to to do what needs to be done for his care. Um, once he 
moved from the kitchen to the living room. He forgot that you had mentioned we were going to go to the doctor, but he got there. Rather than arguing back and forth, why don't you get up and go into the bedroom? Why don't you go in, go to the bathroom? Why don't you, you know, brush your teeth so you can go to bed? It just made all of those things go much smoother. So there was a problem and it came up with a solution to accomplish that. And you have to think that way. And I told my wife, just you've got to take the emotion out of that, uh, that tool that really helped us to take care of pops. But there's also a lot of uh, you know legal and financial matters that need to be discussed. And, and I'm not going to dive into that, but there are elder care attorneys out there. Ask for referrals from the Alzheimer's Association or others you know that maybe have gone through this particular problem on who they have used. But there's a lot of financial considerations down the road as your loved one and their condition worsens, you're going to need greater and greater care, and you're not going to be able to do it at some point because it's going to require 24-7 care, which you can't give 24-7 care, or you will be totally exhausted. Your health will suffer. You will be the one that needs a great deal of help. So make those legal plans as well when you're a caregiver. So there's a lot to think about, the resources that are available. Avail yourself to those, dig into those, become educated on the condition. There's support groups that are out there that offer weekly and monthly support you know, for you. That way you can have a, a list of folks, other folks that are struggling through this that you can talk to and communicate with, but also incorporate your family uh, in, in the care of your loved one. Maybe you have local uh, siblings that are nearby or, or cousins or aunts or uncles that are nearby, but don't wall yourself off. Become anti-social when you're a caregiver. It's very, very important. Uh, to get through all this, you you need the help of others. Well, if you have any uh, questions on this topic, uh, the stress of caregiving, uh, certainly you can contact me by my personal email, which is gsspine at gmail.com, and I will answer you personally. My goal is to help you and your family, your friends, lead a healthy, vibrant lifestyle so you can enjoy life, become all that God designed you to be, serving others, glorifying our God and our creators. Do me a favor, uh, share this podcast with others, and I really thank you for tuning in.